Sangram here. I got a special announcement for you. I have been part of the Peak community for almost a year now. And here is the thing. Less than 1% of the marketers become CMOs. And you know what's even harder? Staying a CMO without a high caliber peer network that can help you beat the odds. In Peak community, they build a community around you by creating exclusive events and experiences to help you become 1% better each week so you can get promoted, have an impact, and do the best work of your life. This episode that you're listening to is an example of the conversations that happen literally every single day in the Peak community. So check out, the link is below. If you wanna be part of it, it's only for marketers, so make sure you're not a lurker, but someone who wanna have an impact and do the best work of your life. Let's go. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn session with Drift. Our session is entitled, The Time is Now, How to Create a Digital Go-to-Market Strategy for an Always-On World. So we're going to do some quick introductions. Cannot wait to introduce our special guest today. We'll talk to you about 2020 and why it's a year of action-based alignment. You'll hear from Tenable, how they 3x their qualified pipeline and cut responses, response times to under 60 seconds. We talk about the challenge they were out to uh, fix, the solution that they were able to implement, and the results that they've seen as overall. So I'm Kate Adams, VP of Marketing at Drift. I'm specifically focused on demand generation of Drift, and I could not be more excited to have Melton Littlepage, SVP of Marketing at Tenable, joining me here today. Melton, hello. Hi, Kate. Really glad to be here. Uh, great to be with everyone. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Cool. So I'll tee us up here, and then Melton's going to be the star of the show, as he always is. So let's talk about how marketing and sales alignment is like flossing, right? Marketing and sales alignment is like flossing. And stay with me. Bear with me on this analogy, because you know you need to do it. You know you should do it. You know it's really good for you. And you also know that the data proves that it's good for you, right? Companies with strong marketing and sales alignment are 67% more effective at closing deals, 58% more effective at retaining customers, and they drive 208% more revenue from their marketing efforts. And don't take my word for it. This is from a Salesforce state of marketing report that they did not too long ago. But the reality is we still really struggle to do it. And I'll give you this fast fact. You get nothing else from today's session. Only four in 10 people actually floss every day. So if you're looking for something to do with that commuting time, I can't imagine what else you could be doing, but floss. And then also work to get sales and marketing alignment underway in your organization, right? But why do we really struggle? Why is, why is it so hard? Why is it that so many of us are still struggling with this concept, even though we've been talking about the concept of sales and marketing alignment for quite some time now. Well, fundamentally, it's because we keep getting stuck in the same arguments. And whether you want to admit them today or not, whether maybe your sales or your marketing counterpoint is joining you on this lunch and learn or not, we are, we're getting stuck in the same arguments. And it looks a lot like this. It's finger pointing both ways. In fact, a demand gen report survey found that when they asked salespeople, what do you want most from marketing? 55% of sales said they want higher quality leads. When you ask marketers, what do they want from sales? 66% of marketers say they want timely lead follow-up and consistency. And so 
even though we're practicing sales and marketing alignment, we're in meetings together, we're communicating regularly, we are communicating the strategy to one another, we're going back and forth in terms of these leads were great, these leads weren't. We are still having the same finger pointing argument, which is like, my leads are great. And marketers are saying, oh, my leads are amazing. If I could only get somebody to just follow up with them. And sales is saying, I don't know what marketing is thinking, but these leads are terrible. And there's no way that I want my team to be taking the time following up with them. And so you get into this back and forth. Do you want speed or do you want quality? But we know that buyers and customers today are actually expecting both, right? 71% of customers expect companies to interact with them in real time. 74% of buyers will switch brands if your buying process is slow and difficult. And I'll tell you what, that is happening especially, especially now. There was a Twilio state of COVID marketing report that came out not too long ago that talked about how in over the last six months, they interviewed 2,500 enterprise companies and asked them how would they estimate that the last six months has sped up their digital transformation. And those folks are telling us that the digital transformation of their businesses has been sped up by six years over the last six months. That's astronomical, right? So not only have we lived through a pandemic, not only have we lived through having our loved ones, our dogs, our kids all surrounded by us all day long, but we also have been going through this massive digital transformation. And one thing is for sure, we know that 2020 isn't a year for excuses. Like raise your hand if you've been able to go to your C-suite and say, hey, sorry, we're not gonna meet the goal because we're in a pandemic. I don't see a lot of virtual hands up there, right? Like nobody is able to just say, oh, I, it's just a bad year. It's just gonna be, it is what it is, right? That's not what we want. It's a year for action, not for excuses. 97% B2B companies have sped up their digital transformation by six years. That's, that's that I was just telling you about, right? To adjust to this now completely digital world and improve their go-to-market motion for years to come, right? And alignment is dead. Action is the only way that we are going to move forward. Enough talk about me, right? Enough of my bantering at you and trying to help you understand that like your consumer and your customer expectations have changed. I want you to hear it in real time from the man himself, Melton. Melton, how did you guys 3X your qualified pipeline and cut your response times to under 60 seconds? So let's start from the beginning, if you will. What were the problems that you guys were experiencing? Yeah, thanks, Kate. And I, uh, I'm, I'm very intimidated by the passion that you put into that introduction. So I'm uh, trying to step up my game and realize the, the potential here. Tenable is a, a cybersecurity software company. We went public a couple of years ago. We're growing in a, in a large way, but we have the same challenges, I think, as most B2B organizations. For us, we're trying to reach the, the chief information security officer, the CISO, and, and tell them a story about transformation, like very much anchored to the digital transformation story that you just laid out, Kate. The process of going to the cloud and the process of adopting uh, DevOps methods or, or bringing IoT uh, into the environment has given the uh, bad guys, the attackers in the cybersecurity world, new vectors, new entry points into the market. Organizations need to move fast to manage their environment and, and Tenable gives them the tools to 
uh, see all of that attack surface, predict where the attacker is going to go, and then act on that. That's the message we needed to get in front of our CISOs, but they're very hard to reach. An average CISO has 20 applications in their inventory to cover all of their security needs, maybe 40, and broad global teams. So they're busy, they have short attention spans, and, and, and they, they only are looking for thought leadership and credibility. They're not looking to hear a marketing message. So we, uh, we adopted a solution-oriented go-to-market strategy where we just try to be very helpful. We put out as much content as we can about the, the, the pragmatic steps to modernize a cybersecurity team and keep up with the explosive changes that digital transformation are bringing to help the CISO go through that journey quickly and smoothly and, and ultimately figure if we can convince them that it's a journey worth taking, they'll give us a shot at it. But that was uh, you know, hard for us to invest in all of that content, deliver it in our traditional digital means and landing pages onto our website. We were bringing leads in the door and those leads languished. They had to be matched to an account, go through a routing process, maybe not score high enough to get to an SDR. The SDRs would get the leads and not know why or what the organization was. What problems the organization is even trying to solve when the lead came in. And so we, we were investing in changing the market and then we just had inefficiencies all throughout the system so that we finally reached the SDR team's desk or threw them into meetings. It just wasn't enough. And so we needed to change everything about how we engage with our buyer audience in these digital formats to be more relevant, more timely, and more on point with the problems they're trying to solve. I love it. So Melton, you've got this, you've got talk about selling aspirin when, when the world has a headache. You guys certainly are doing that because everything is now online, right? And there's more vulnerabilities than ever. And not only has traffic gone up astronomically and, and all of this cloud usage has gone up astronomically, but there's more attacks underway, right? So that makes a ton of sense. So let's talk about the solution. When you guys were looking at that problem set, right? Those three core problems, what were you thinking about in terms of like what the solution was to meet your needs there? So for sure, our, our strategy of reaching the CISO was running into our own gaming challenges. We we put premium content out there, and then we asked them to go through a, uh, a gate that you know, perfectly matched our uh, you know, account needs scoring and routing strategy. They didn't want to give up that information, and they, they certainly you know, didn't know if the payoff was going to be worth it. So we were in our own way. And, and then we gated things like evals in, in our free trial, but a CISO is not going to take a trial. They, what they really wanted was they wanted the answer. How do I do this? And, and they didn't want our marketing you know, needs to collect data to get into the way. And so from the, the buyer experience, we made it hard to tell our own story. From our internal processes, we were blocking the SDRs from getting to these leads in real time. And so we needed a way to get the engagement that was happening right now on the website into the hands of our SDRs right now. And that, that meant like bypassing the things that we built around our demand funnel and, and get straight into conversations live. And then we needed to find a way to do that 24 by seven globally. We have sales organizations and buyers worldwide and we're based on the East coast. We, we can't allow someone who's in the early evening on the West coast miss us because we went home. And likewise, you know, we couldn't have you know, someone in Germany not have a conversation with us just because the one person uh, in our SDR team that is uh, who went in Germany to a vacation day. And so we needed a way 
that we could have amazing conversations with our buyer outside of normal business hours and outside of the constraints of our staffing. And, uh, and so we identified Drift and it has been a, an ideal match for us as we try to modernize this aspect of our engine. I love that. And I love what you said there too about a CISO is not going to come in and take a trial. I think one of the problems that marketers have today is like they spend a lot of time patting themselves on the back for the number of trials they initiate or product qualified leads and contact us forms. But they're not thinking about what you were just saying, which is like a CISO wants to come to my website and they just want the answer to their question, like full stop. It's pretty easy when you think about it that way, but it's really hard for marketers to overcome that and like really rethink what that should look like. Yeah, and we're addicted to selling to the most junior person in an organization, right? And that is the person that is going to start the free trial or play around with it or have the patience to read a deeply technical white paper. And for sure, we need to market to practitioners. There, there's no, no way around that. But we also need to understand there's a buying committee. There's a buying group or buying center. And, and there are very senior people in that, especially if it's a six-figure purchase. They need the short and sweet of it. They don't need all the depth of detail. And in some of procurement, they need to understand the value proposition. They don't need to understand the technical capabilities. And so we, by, by gating content and by narrowing our focus down to uh, serving the most hands-on people in the organization, we were missing the influencers and, and really the key drivers of some major decisions, which you know ultimately would lead to a landing and expanding model. And we can, we can win those deals and, and work our way up over time. But we found a lot more success when we can get to the most senior buyer and convince them that going with Tenable as a platform is the right strategy for the business over the long run. And then they delegate the research to the team to figure out the integration strategy and how it fits in their environment. 10 times more successful that way than trying to go organically from the bottom. I love it. I love that. So Melton, you didn't, you don't just like, this isn't a magical solution, right? So you didn't just do this overnight. It's, it's really like a crawl, walk, run approach that you guys have taken to this. And I know Matt on your team is emphatic about enabling and, and getting teams to buy in on things and getting them, getting small wins to get the rest of the team really excited. So phase one is you're trying to get buy-in from these SDRs, get their attention when really everybody's asking for SDR attention. And then you're trying to train them on what this new go-to-market motion is. Can you talk us about talk to us about this first phase here? And to lay the context, Tenable as an organization has been around for a, a large number of years. We have established sales and SDR teams in uh, three theaters, and so in North America, in Europe, and in Asia Pacific, and we're kind of set in our ways. And, uh, and so I, I think the one thing we recognized early on is we really believe Drift had the right capability for us to change the way we engage with the market, but it is a change management project just as much as it is a technical implementation into our Salesforce and Marketo environment, which is our, our tech stack here. And then organizationally, just aligning the incentives of the SDRs to chat is something that, you know, because SDRs are often in the sales organization, we had to get leadership buy-in from the sales team about the approach to using conversational marketing as a, a strategic tool in our go-to-market. So it wasn't just a marketing project, right? The first thing is we had to get marketing and sales and at a leadership level on board. The second is we had to align the incentives of SDRs 
our SDRs for hybrid had a hybrid responsibility of managing inbound leads that came into their territory, which is why the territory matching to accounts was important. And then they also had responsibilities for doing outbound prospecting. But with a chat session, you you don't know in advance what territory that's in. It it just has to be handled in milliseconds by the next available person. And so we had a misalignment of our SDR organization and conversational marketing. And, uh, and so our very first step was to reorganize the SDR team. We actually broke it in half. We created an inbound specialty team that was just there to catch chat in QLs and, and had no other responsibilities and were not tied to territories. They just, on a round robin basis, they got the next lead and they worked it. And then we created an outbound squad that were aligned to our sellers worldwide. And they could pound the phones and, uh, and sales cadences to, to generate new cold call business. So that was enormous for us. And then we aligned the compensation so that a, a meeting scheduled is a meeting scheduled, regardless of whether it came from chat, MQL, you know, a, a gift uh, from a partner, et cetera. Getting the organization the comp structures right was really important to us. And that enabled us to deploy the tool into a willing audience. I think that if you have a misalignment of incentives, you can deploy chat and if someone isn't getting paid for it, they are going to look at it as work with no value to them. And, and not everybody's a team player for the company. And, uh, and so we aligned incentives. That was really important. And then we focused on enablement. Having a good quality chat session is not like writing a good quality email. And, uh, and so we worked really hard on learning from the behavior of our buyer on the website, what questions to lead with, how to start a conversation, how to understand what their intentions were. Some people were looking for technical support, not a chat with a, a marketing and salesperson. And so we started developing ways to route people into our tech support organization or deflect them into our uh, support portal or into a resource library. And, and then detecting what is a buying signal and what's not a buying signal is very different when you're having a real-time conversation with someone and they're using very few words. They're, it's phrases and broken sentences. And so we had to work with our SDRs to, to pick apart what was a buying signal and how, like, how do you know when to progress to qualifying or scheduling a meeting versus just feeding them information because they're there to learn, but they're not there to start an engagement. So that was great. And, uh, and we had immediate impact. I, I, I think within the, first, within the first month of having chat, we paid off not just the drift invoice for the whole year, but we were, we were earning our, our hurdle rate return on investment, you know, b- before the first 30 days was out. And, uh, and so it was immediate time to value. Like we had a learning curve, which we, we were going through as we were rolling it out. We unlocked more value when we aligned our incentives in the org. And then we, you know, we really got good at chat. There were some people that were absolutely better than other people. And so we looked at the transcripts and we, we cross-trained and we tried to level up everyone's game. So we got that far. But then we were up against, we, we hit a plateau, I, I think is the best way to put it, because we were missing a lot of potential out in the market with after-hours chat, weekend chat, and even getting our chat extended on a worldwide basis because we started in North America, rolled to Europe, and ultimately rolled to Asia. But we took the next step and we brought in drift automation. And this was, this, like, I, this was my call. I, I can tell you it was fairly breathtaking for me because it, with an SDR, I could sit in their cube, and I did. I'd roll up a chair, I'd look right over their shoulder, and I'd watch them chat. 
And I could build a, a degree of confidence that we were having great conversations with our prospects, which was enormously important to me, and that we were being helpful and that we were ultimately leaving them satisfied at the end of the session. Bringing in automation, you turn some of that over to AI, and that's, that's a leap of faith. And so we spent a lot of time with Drift, and, and they were incredibly helpful and, and supportive as we taught the, uh, the AI bot how to talk with our customers, which it defined, defined from our prior chat sessions. There's a, there's a training period. And then we would turn it loose on a, a set of use cases and, and watch intently. And it has been awesome. And so we broke free of our plateau with, uh, with AI. We're able to qualify leads now and, and we can bypass the SDRs. And very often we have a very successful conversation that the, the AI bot leads entirely resolves into a scheduled meeting. And that meeting gets posted in the calendar of a sales rep and, uh, and the SDR gets credit for it, but the, the SDR actually was not involved at all. And then we have conversations where the person needs a high touch experience and we kick out of the AI straight to an SDR. SDRs adapted to that very quickly because of their basis in doing the live chat uh, themselves soup to nuts. And so we're really living in the best of both worlds, but now our, uh, our SDRs can take a vacation. We don't have to have people come in at six in the morning Eastern and stay until nine at night. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're covering the bases we need to cover. We've been able to reduce the SDR allocation to this inbound process because the automation is, is doing more work than multiple people. And so we had a, a rather large uh, inbound SDR group and, and through promotions that we have in backfield, we've tidied it up a little bit and I haven't skipped a beat. And so, uh, you know, I've, I think that I honestly feel like we've just scratched the surface. Like there's so much more uh, to do with conversational marketing, but we've exceeded, especially with the AI, we've exceeded in all of our objectives of responding instantaneously to our leads. Our response time prior to conversational marketing drift was in the neighborhood of four to eight hours on average. Uh, we had a four hour SLA, if you can believe that. And if the lead came in in the afternoon, we didn't have to get to it till the next morning. We've gone from that to a, an average response of about 30 seconds to a newly uh, initiated uh, chat. We intercepted tons of leads, leads that before would have come through as a, as a free trial request, or you know, it's sort of a trailing indicator gated piece of content. We're now getting very early in the buying cycle. And so we went from being first into some deals and in the middle of some deals and last into some deals. We're actually getting to the point where we're getting into the conversation before our competitors more often than not. Oh, and that has been, yeah, huge for us. And then our conversion rate on conversations and really our entire lead funnel have improved every single month uh, since we uh, deployed Drift. And, uh, and so the conversion for us from a lead generated via the bot into a sales meeting has approached you know, 50%. And that is, that is way higher than we expected. But even our conversion rates overall of all the rest of our form contents have improved as we deployed the bot into coexisting with our content across our website. And it isn't just the you know, having the bot on the homepage or, or on all web pages, but it's really getting the bot into our content. And so we're right now going through a process of removing dates from eBooks and, and having the, the bot coexist with the eBook. And if you're interested about the eBook, the, 
the bot can actually suggest additional content that is similar to the ebook that takes you through a predefined buyer's journey that we can write as a, a playbook in Drift. We're driving you know, whole buyer's journeys through content using the bot versus just put a date up, send someone a PDF, uh, they take it offline, maybe they read it, maybe they don't. So that's been huge for us and it is absolutely aligned our sales and marketing team around the go-to-market that is helpful for getting back to where we started by getting people, our, our visitors, our personas into our content quickly. It's on point, you know, it, it works for a CISO, it works for a practitioner, it's engaging. And uh, so we're just, you know, we're, we're really fortunate to uh, have, uh, have found such an effective use case. It's absolutely incredible to me, the results that you guys have seen. And I love seeing you all take it to, to such an advanced level of doing what, what I would call like getting somebody to that next best action. So after we get you into step one, what's the next step that I want to get you into? And what's that personalized recommendation that you can make based on the content that I'm, that I'm already consuming? That is next level and, and absolutely incredible. Nelton, one thing I wanted to zoom in on a little bit was you had mentioned you had all these gates when we were just describing the problem. You had all these gates and gates were everywhere. And then you implemented Drift. And I want to make sure that people are really clear. You still have gates on your website, right? Like you still have forms on your website that, are, that you're using for trials and that some of your content goes through. But now, if I heard you correctly, it sounds like you're removing some of them, but also enabling conversations around those gates too. Is that accurate? Yeah, it completely is. And, and you know, our our go forward strategy is to have a conversation instead of a gate everywhere that we can. Uh, because with the bot in with the content, we can quickly you know, um, we, we can respond to the needs of the person. If, if the person was intrigued by the headline or the first paragraph that we tease for a piece of content, or when they really got into it, it wasn't what they were looking for. The bot is there asking the question, are you interested in learning more about this? Would you like to talk to someone? Can I schedule a meeting with you with an expert? And that is a, that's, that changes the game for us versus in the, uh, the status quo where that person would have built out a, a, a gate. That asset may not be enough to score you. And so that may just be sitting there accumulating points in the elite scoring system and nobody's acting on it. And so... The difference between action and inaction, I think you put it really clearly, like there's alignment and then there's action. I think what the, the bot gets you is action in real time versus the, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't potential for action in a, a traditional demand funnel. But using that account-based mentality, right, where you talked about, we're not just going to alignment, we're, we're going to action. So the number one thing that I heard was that you went really deep in terms of who the customer is and those CISOs, and that you had a hypothesis at the onset that if you could start the conversation at the top, or at least initiate the conversation with the top more quickly, good things would happen. Is that accurate? Completely accurate. If, you, if you're really clear about who your ideal customer profile is, and you know your persona's called, you know how they want to interact with you. You know how they want to learn. And you know the process you need to go through, uh, the watering holes that you need to you know, tell your story in, in order to engage them in the experience. And for us, we knew that we could get them back to our assets and our website. But from there, we made it very hard for them to engage with us. And so we needed 
a much more tailored solution to meet the specific needs of our persona in order to give them the right avenues to start a conversation with us, which would literally start as a conversation in this case, and then progress into connecting them with our experts and our engineers that could really help them understand their problems and how to solve. And so we could go through that journey you know, in, in, in the status quo, we could go through that journey over the course of weeks in back and forths and missed calls and unreturned un, uh, emails. Or we could go through it in minutes with conversational marketing through a bot, into an SDR, into a scheduled meeting. Or the next day or that afternoon, and voila, we had the uh, engagement we were looking for with our target audience, and we had that first before our competitors. I couldn't have said it better myself, right? So you've got all these personalized solutions. You've really understood who the buyer is. You're delivering as personalized a solution for them as you possibly can. And then not only were you able to align with sales and your SDR organization, but you're able to actually jointly action them, right? Where you had your team, the marketing team set up so that you could really lob one straight over home plate for that SDR organization. But you did the work that it took up front, right, to make sure that you had compensation and organizational design done really well right at the the onset, which is great. The go-to-market playbook for revenue teams, it's just come out. Our content team knocked it out of the park on this one. It's how to align and action marketing, sales, and customer success in order to accelerate revenue. Get your free copy today. You can find it at drift.com slash books slash go-to market strategy. And Melton, I mean, every minute that I get to spend with you is such a pleasure. So thank you a ton for doing this and for sharing your story with us. Hey, Kate, it's been great. Uh, thank you everyone for having lunch with me today and, uh, and good luck with your demand. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.